Kaepernick, NFL Week 12, Max Kellerman, and some last words. LaValle Sports Talk begins right now. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the LaValle Sports Talk podcast brought to you by the Soundline Network. As always, I am your host, Chris LaValle. Hope you're all having a wonderful week. Let's jump right into it. So Colin Kaepernick has been the talk of the sports world since last weekend. And I've got a few takeaways from it. And it's going to be pretty cut and dry here. So let's be real. Kaepernick never wanted to return to the NFL. He wanted to keep his martyr status. I think that's pretty certain at this point in time. Um, He knew that if he re-entered the league and played and he sucked, which he probably was going to, um, he would lose that martyr status and he would also lose his popularity in the process and he doesn't want that. So it is what it is. The Kaepernick issue, in my opinion, is similar to the Trump impeachment hearings. And this is why. They're both war shock tests. And what I mean by that is if you're in Kaepernick's corner, if you were in Kaepernick's corner prior to Saturday, you're still in his corner today, regardless of what he did. And if you weren't in his corner, you're still not. The same can be said about Trump regarding these impeachment hearings. Democrats think he should be impeached. The Republicans don't believe there's enough evidence to impeach. And independents like myself just want to move on because we already know how this is going to play out, just like the whole Kaepernick saga. We already knew ahead of time. Sides were already drawn. Those who are pro-Kaepernick, we're going to stay pro-Kaepernick regardless of what he's done, and the media has shown that. And those who are against Kaepernick are still against Kaepernick and see him for the fraud that he really is. I am in that corner. So Kaepernick has now shown his true colors, um, which, like I just said, is that he's a giant fraud. And he's in desperate search of maintaining his relevancy in sports and in social political landscape. And frankly, nobody really gives a shit about him anymore. And he is now irrelevant. Because let's face it, he's never going to get a job in the NFL anymore. He purposefully shot himself in the foot because, again, he wants to keep his martyr status. And at this point, the NFL wants nothing to do with him. And frankly, I don't really see any point in talking about him anymore. And I I honestly don't think he's going to be discussed after this NFL season. Truly, I don't. Because it's getting to the point now and it's getting ridiculous where every time an, an NFL quarterback goes down, Everyone goes, oh, well, Kaepernick's out here. No one's going to say that anymore. At least I don't believe they will. Because he has now proven that playing in the NFL is not his top priority. His top priority is to pretend that he is some sort of martyr. So let's jump into NFL corner. So last week I was 3-1 and one in my picks, which brings me to a 24-12 and 12 overall record. So for week 12... I've got my four games for you. We're going to start with, we got Seahawks at Eagles, Cowboys at Patriots, Packers at 49ers, and Ravens at the Rams. So we'll kick it off with the Seahawks at the Eagles. Really, this game is cut and dry. You have my leading MVP candidate against a reeling Eagles team. I don't give the Eagles much of a shot. I know if you you listen to Richo's rant, uh, Richard talks about how the Eagles are going to make the playoffs. I don't see it. I just don't. The Eagles are way too inconsistent. The fact that they were held to 10 points against the Patriots isn't nothing to sneeze at, but the Patriots only scored 17. Okay? So it wasn't like they were getting Tom Brady's best last week, and they couldn't and they couldn't score more than 10 points? Really? I'm sorry. I just, I, 
I am still on the Carson Wentz bandwagon. I love the guy. I think he has the potential to be an MVP player. I just, I don't understand what's going on in that locker room. The Eagles are not making the playoffs. I was dead wrong about them uh, in my preseason pick. I picked them to win the East. I just don't see it. Look, the Eagles could shock the world. I'm sorry. I just, I'm really not seeing it. And don't get me wrong. The Cowboys aren't much better, and I'll, t- I'll touch on them momentarily. But the Eagles suck right now. So I'm going to take the Seahawks 30-20. to 20. Cowboys at Patriots. So you've got the number two overall offense. They were the number one overall offense before last week. They're now the number two overall offense in the Dallas Cowboys against the number one defense in the New England Patriots. The Patriots are going to win this game. The Patriots are absolutely going to win this game because the Cowboys are going to throw up all over themselves. The Cowboys can't beat a winning team. They have not yet beat a winning team, I believe, this year. They struggled against the Detroit Lions last week with a backup quarterback. I I just, I don't understand how anyone can honestly take the Dallas Cowboys seriously. I, I Look, and I'm, Dak Prescott though, real quick, Dak Prescott has proven to be a, at least a top 10 quarterback in this league this season. So I am going to pat myself on the back about that one. I was right about Dak Prescott. I'm going to give myself credit for that. So kudos to me on that one. But aside from Dak Prescott, that seems a mess. Their defense is atrocious. And Ezekiel Elliott is in another example of a running back getting his money and not backing it up on the field. So long story short, I've got Tom Terrific and Bill Belichick. I think they're going to smack down the Cowboys in this game. I really do. I think it's it's going to end up being an ugly game. I've got the Patriots winning big 35 to 20. Packers at 49ers. Here's the thing. It's the game of the week, number one. I, I think that's hands down. It is absolutely the game of the week. It's Rodgers against the number one passing defense and the number two overall defense in the league. Now, I love the 49ers. I think the 49ers have the potential to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. But I also think the Packers also have a really good chance of representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. And I'm going to take the Packers. I'm taking the Packers 20-17. to 17 Because at the end of the day, I trust Aaron Rodgers more than I trust any other quarterback in this league except for Tom Brady. So I'm going to take the Packers in this game. It's going to be a low-scoring affair. I'm going to take the Packers 20-17. to 17. Ravens at Rams. I, I mean, the Ravens are the hottest team in the NFL. I said it last week. I'll say it again. They're the hottest team in the NFL, and they're playing against one of the most disappointing teams in the league this year. The Ravens lead the league in rushing, and the Rams' defense ranks fifth in rush defense. So that'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting to see what what the Rams can do on defense if they can stop Lamar Jackson's ground game or if they can just stop the Baltimore Ravens' ground game in general. Uh, But I'm going to take the Ravens in this game 27-17. So to recap real quick, I've got Seahawks over the Eagles, Patriots over the Cowboys, Packers over the 49ers, and Ravens over the Rams. All right, so my top 10 teams through week 11. As usual, I'll start at number 10, Oakland Raiders. Oakland Raiders are still in my top 10. They're 6-4. and four. The Raiders have a really good chance of going 4-2 and two the rest of the way. I think they're going to be your wild card team. I really do, and good for them. 
At number nine, I've got the Dallas Cowboys, who I do not believe in at all, as I just stated a moment ago. Uh, but I think they're going to win the NFC East by default. I just think that they have a more favorable schedule than the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'm just get, as of right now, I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys uh, to win the NFC East, which is why they are in my top 10 teams. Again, by default. At number eight, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. Pat Mahomes is great. Chiefs defense is awful. They're not going to go anywhere in the postseason unless they fix that defense. I don't give a shit how many touchdown passes Pat Mahomes throws. He's going to be playing teams like the Ravens, like the Patriots, like the Raiders even. And if you can't stop them, especially their rush defense, if you can't stop anybody, you're not going anywhere. I don't care how long or how many, you know, four, 500-yard games Pat Mahomes has. You're not going to go very far in the playoffs. The Chiefs are at number eight. Number seven, I have the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are good. I mean, they've they've won, what are they, six and one, seven and one over their last eight games. Kirk Cousins is an MVP candidate. Nobody's talking about him as, as an MVP candidate, but the dude's an MVP candidate, believe it or not. Captain Kirk, man, he's taking that team places. At number six, I have the Baltimore Ravens. Now, I have the Ravens lower than most teams do, and let me explain to you why. The reason why the Ravens are six is because four out of my next five teams are all in the NFC because the NFC is that loaded. The Ravens are six because I don't think the Ravens are better than the Patriots, and the Patriots are the only other AFC team left in my top five rankings. So before everybody screams, you know, fraud or homer because you don't like Lamar Jackson. No, no, no. I think the Ravens are the second best team in the AFC. Lamar Jackson has played well. I still don't think he's the MVP. I still think that goes to Russell Wilson. But I think that there are four teams in the NFC that could all beat the Baltimore Ravens in the Super Bowl if they were to face off. So that brings me to my number five team in the San Francisco 49ers. Their defense is elite. They have a great running game. Jimmy G, I know he just threw four touchdowns last week to help the 49ers win the game, bring them back from being behind 16 to nothing to the Cardinals. However, he still threw two interceptions. Dude has got to stop turning over the football. It's going to cost him in the postseason if he doesn't. At number four, I have my Green Bay Packers, who, and I'm saying my Green Bay Packers because, well, it's Aaron Rodgers. And I think Aaron Rodgers is going to beat San Francisco, which is why they are ahead of San Francisco on this list. At number three, Seattle Seahawks, led by the MVP, Russell Wilson. I don't want to, I, I'm sorry, I, I still don't understand how anybody can honestly tell me that Russell Wilson is not the MVP. He is by far the MVP. If you want to talk about the most flashy player, the guy who's got the most highlight reels, then fine, you can give it to Lamar Jackson. But if you're going by statistics, if you're going by the fact that Seattle's defense has been awful this season, it's been all Russell Wilson on that team. All Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson has made Tyler Lockett a number one wideout. Aside from the New England Patriots, name me another team that could make Tyler Lockett a number one wideout. I'm just I'm just baffled by the amount of people that are just jumping ship on Russell Wilson as the MVP. At number two, I have the New Orleans Saints. I, look, I know that Drew Brees had a had a down game this past week, but look, the Saints won big this week. I told you they would. They came back. They had a stinker a couple weeks ago against the the resurging Falcons. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, Atlanta wants to be in the conversation as uh, as a potential team that could make a run here, which is a joke. They won't. Um, 
but look, the Saints are just good, man. They I've said it all year long. I think the Saints, what the Saints did with Teddy Bridgewater during that stretch proves how dangerous the Saints are going to be in the postseason. And at number one, I have the New England Patriots. As I said last week, and as I will continue to say, until the Patriots lose and lose significantly, I'm not going to I'm not jumping ship on the Patriots. I don't care. I will be the last man on this ship at this point in time. I've told you before, and I'll say it again. If you by all means Throw the Patriots away at your own peril. There's just, I know Tom Brady doesn't look good right now, but Tom Brady always goes through these phases. And he has the past few years, ever since he hit like 38 or 39 years old. He's had these phases near this part of the season where he plays like ass for like three or four weeks. And then the postseason happens and he blows everybody out of the water. So my top 10 teams through week 11 in order are Patriots, Saints, Seahawks, Packers, 49ers, Ravens, Vikings, Chiefs, Cowboys, and Raiders. So on ESPN's first take, there's a commentator named Max Kellerman. And for those of you who have, you know, watched ESPN over the past few years, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Even if you've tried not to watch ESPN for the past few years, you know who I'm talking about. He's the the co-host of First Take with Stephen A. Smith. He came on when Skip Bayless went to Fox Sports 1. Kellerman is, in my, from my money, arguably the worst sports commentator going. I mean, he's up there. I I think he's worse than Bayless. And that's saying something. Kellerman last week decided that he was going to be the only person in the media to try and defend Miles Garrett. And I don't know if he was doing this. Actually, I take that back. I know he was not doing this to be a contrarian. This is just who Max Kellerman is. Max Kellerman has decided that he is going to be he's going to be pro player, even when what the player does is absolutely egregious. He takes the pro player stance when it when it comes to the NBA, when it comes to the NFL, regardless of the situation. You know what Max Kellerman what's going to come out of Max Kellerman's mouth before he even says it because that's who he is. That's who he is. So he's up there telling everybody. Former NFL players, Stephen A. Smith, you name it, that they're all wrong, that they don't know what they're talking about, about the Miles Garrett issue, that what he's seeing is absolutely, is the right, is the right view, which is that what Miles Garrett did really isn't that egregious, that everyone's blowing it out of proportion, and that he should not be suspended for six games. He has now since amended that. This uh, the other day, he, he was on TV saying that now, well, I understand the six games, but I'm just saying that Pat beyond six games is not what he should be suspended for. And see, that's the other thing that Max Kellerman does is Max Kellerman gets proven wrong time and time again. And then he tries and twists his original argument to say that, well, that's not really what I meant. This is what I meant. It's just like his slippery slope argument or not. I'm sorry, not a slippery slope argument. His Tom Brady's going to fall off a cliff argument that he made like four years ago and then was perpetually wrong year after year after year when Brady would win another Super Bowl, another Super Bowl, go to another Super Bowl, and then win a third Super Bowl. So since Max Kellerman made that comment, Brady has won three Super Bowl ranks. But now Kellerman claims, well, I didn't mean it for two years ago. I meant it for this past year, which is convenient because now Brady is starting to look mortal. And now Kellerman can go, well, see, I was right. See, that's the, kind of, that's the kind of guy Max Kellerman is. He's a scumbag. And he's a fraud. He's a dick. He's the type of dude that you just want to punch in the face over and over and over again whenever you get in an argument with him because he's always right, even when he's wrong. He's always right. 
No matter what you say to him, Kellerman is always right. And it's infuriating, and I don't watch First Take that much anymore. The only time, and I'll be honest, the only time I ever put it on or I put on clips of it on YouTube is when I know that Will Kane's on. Because Will Kane is the perfect foil to Max Kellerman. Because Will Kane, and I am a big Will Kane fan, and I'll admit that, and I'm biased, and it's going to sound really biased when I make these comments, but Will Kane is honest. Like, I'll give Will Kane this. When Will Kane's wrong, he'll at least admit when he's wrong. Which is why I like to listen to Will Kane, which is why I like listening to Ryan Rosilla, which is why I will listen to people like Scott Van Pelt, because those are at least honest individuals in the media who will come out and say, look, I was wrong. I mean, it may take them a while to get there, but at least they admit that they're wrong. Max Kellerman's not that kind of guy. Max Kellerman, like Skip Bayless, will continue to say that they're right, that they're right, that they're right, that they're right. And then when they're absolutely proven that they're dead wrong, all of a sudden those segments don't show up on TV anymore. Have you ever noticed that? If you go back and you watch Skip Bayless on first take, when he would make outrageous claim after outrageous claim after outrageous claim, when he was proven that he was absolutely dead wrong about that claim, all of a sudden the next day or the next week or whenever it happened to be, all of a sudden those segments were never on TV anymore. I always found that funny, how Skip Bayless was never actually told he was wrong on television, even though everybody knew he was. The same thing with Kellerman. All of a sudden, segments where Stephen A. Smith can absolutely decimate Max Kellerman about a dumbass comment that he made all of a sudden is not, on, is not part of the show the next day or the following week or the following month or whatever it happens to be. Max Kellerman is by far the worst sports commentator. And the reason why he's in my Everything is Stupid segment this week is because there are people like Max Kellerman out there. And it is unbelievably annoying to get in conversations with people like this. I'm all for people being stubborn because I am stubborn. And I'm okay with you believing in your in your take, in your sports opinion, or in your political opinion. As long as you've got facts to back it up, You could be dead wrong, but as long as you can make an intellectually honest argument, I'm okay with it. I am. But when you're proven wrong, even after you have your statistics and you have, you know, your own facts to back up your claim, when you're proven wrong and you still can't admit or sit there and go, at least be somewhat humble about it and go, you know what? All right, you guys got me on this one. You know, I'm wrong. I'll own it. If you can't have just a little piece of that humility, then I want nothing to do with you. Because at that point, there's no point in having a conversation with you because you're going to be right regardless of the outcome of the conversation. So really, what's the point of wasting, what's the point of anybody wasting their time with you? Because you're always right. Kellerman is that dude. He's that dude in spades. And why the hell he's still on television makes no sense to me. So I'm finally here. I'm finally in my house. It's uh, it's taken uh, quite a while to get here, but uh, the studio is set up and we're good to go. I mean, we're we're back in we're back in business here, and it feels really really good. It feels great actually. Um, I'm looking forward to be able, being able to finally get this podcast back on you know back on uh, on track. That's the word I was looking for there. I had a brain fart. Back on track and. Getting Richo and Lala back on track as well. Uh, we will be recording another episode or 
our first episode in a while this weekend, uh, which we're very excited about to, uh, I mean, we have a lot to, to get into, I'm sure. And, uh, yeah, so I just want to, again, I, I, I thanked you guys last week, but I want to thank you again this week for your patience and thank you for the downloads last week. I was amazed at the amount of you that, that did download that episode. I, I was a little nervous. I'm not going to lie after, you know, when you, when you're consistent and, and you keep putting out episodes and you keep putting out episodes and, and your numbers keep climbing, it feels good. And then all of a sudden when you just kind of stop in the back of my mind, I'm wondering, well, are people still going to download or are they just kind of be like, oh, well, this guy hasn't put anything out for a couple of weeks. Maybe he's just done. And I was nervous that my numbers were going to take a massive drop and they didn't. And I want to thank you for your patience. I want to thank you for your continued support. You guys, truly, all of you out there who, who download this podcast, you all are the best. And I truly do appreciate everything that you do, not just for me, but for Richo and Lala, uh, for the Sideline Network in general. Um, you all have been tremendous for, for all of us. And in the spirit of Thanksgiving, I just want to say thank you to you. And I hope that you all have a very happy and healthy Thanksgiving and uh, you get to enjoy some time with your family and your friends. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the La Valley Sports Talk Podcast brought to you by the Soundline Network. As always, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review. Be sure to check out the latest episode of Richo's Rant, where Richo spouts out about nonsense. You know, it's, it's typical Richo stuff. He just, you know, talks out of his ass and expects you to believe that the Eagles are going to make the playoffs, even though he has no statistical proof to be able to back that up. He just says, I just believe. I believe in my Eagles. Well, he's going to have to do a lot of believing and a lot of praying because that's not going to happen. But you still got to listen to it anyway because it is funny listening to Richo beg and plead for people to buy into the fact that his Eagles are somehow going to make some magical run, which they're not going to make. But be sure to download his Richo's Rant. He's done a great job of revamping that podcast, so be sure to check that out. That is on iTunes as well. Subscribe, rate, and review to that. We will be recording a new episode of Richo and Lala, as I said a moment ago, this weekend, so that'll be released on Monday. And yeah, that's it. That's all I have for you. We've got a great slate of NFL games this week, so be sure to check those out. And uh, like I said before, I hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I'll talk to you all again next week. (laughs) 